This is Client Side from Fox Agency. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Giorgio Guantario is the content marketing manager at Gamma, a leading unified communications and service provider helping businesses communicate and collaborate. A former journalist and passionate tech writer, Giorgia translates Gamma's mission and vision into compelling content that educates and engages audiences. Giorgia Guantario, welcome to ClientSide. Thank you for having me, Nathan. It's great to be here with you. Absolute pleasure to have you on. We've tried this a couple of times. There are no trees being cut outside your your uh, house anymore, so so we can speak. Definitely, yeah. It's been yeah, it's been a crazy week. Lots of things <laughs> happening outside here in Putney, of all places. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about your background and history first before we get into into Gamma because you've got a, a fascinating background. You you get your degree in journalism from the University of Sheffield. How does that journalistic background shape the way that you think about marketing in your career today? That's a very good question. I think, you know, journalism is, I think I grew up wanting to be a journalist and the reality of journalism is very different when you get into it. But I'm still very grateful of, you know, having done that degree. Uh, First of all, the university I went to, there is a lot of practical skills they teach you. So from the basics of writing, obviously, as a journalist, um, but also video editing, filming, you know, audio and podcasts, we did like radio shows um, as well as the degree. So there is a lot of that that also will come into content marketing and what I'm doing now. Um, but the core why I learned and I think that what um, kind of translates in why I'm doing content marketing is that telling a story and finding the story. Um, the, the key of journalism is finding that angle, finding something that people are interested in. And I think content marketing is very similar in, in that sense. You always want to find what your audience is interested in, what's the angle that they're going to be like wanting to read or watch or whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and besides that, you know, it's not being afraid of asking questions as well. And kind of that research side of things, which is the, you know, the, the fundamental of content marketing. If you haven't done your research, if you haven't asked the right questions, if you're not sure what your audience is, is interested in, well, there is no point in writing any content for any business. Mm. So I think that's what I got from journalism and what translates into my day-to-day in content marketing. And then fast forward a, a few years and your career took you to Dubai. What was that experience like? It must have been quite a formative, uh, sort of strong experience to have quite early on in your career. What did you take away from that experience? Yeah, Dubai was definitely interesting, that's for sure. Um it must be said that I started my career in marketing, but I wanted to be a journalist, as I said, and then Dubai was that opportunity. I got a job there as a deputy editor for a B2B tech magazine called CNME. Um, I think it's still still running if anyone wants to go and have a look, but it was a great experience. I loved my job there. Um, it was interesting. It was challenging at times. Definitely taught me how to like, you know, that international outlook and working with people from different cultures and different you know, way of working as well. Um, from you know, the, the more stupid things like they at least before when I was there, they used to work from Sunday to Thursday, which is very different than, than mm-hmm. Europe. But it's also, you know, that networking aspect in Dubai is very prominent, is very much who you know sometimes. And I mean, as it is many times in journalism. And then obviously my job was in tech at the time and I worked with some of the best companies in the industry. Like I worked with and interviewed people at Microsoft who went to 
lots of their launch events. That was that when they launched their data center in the region. Um, I went to China with Huawei for the annual conference. So I, had to, I went to their HQ, which is insane. It's the most amazing place I've ever seen in my life. I could imagine. Um, yeah, they have a train running through it, which is, is brilliant. And, a and train? Yeah, to get to one per, one piece of uh, one part of the of the HQ to another is insane. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely insane. But, you know, it's as a journalist, I think that's literally gold. You'd get to talk to such interesting and very clever people um, and learn so much from them. Obviously, there is the old writing side and, you know, writing a good article from that, but it's also how much you learn. Um, and, and it's, you know, I got through that job, I got the job I'm in now because if I didn't have that experience, I don't think Gamma would have hired me back. But um, it's, yeah, it kind of made me fall in love with tech um, all over again. I'm just, you know, I'm very much stuck in it now. So let's talk about Gamma, your senior content marketing manager at Gamma. Tell us a little bit more about the company and the problems that you solve for your customers. Yeah, of course. So um, Gamma is a, Gamma, a bit of history. Gamma started as a telecom um, 20 years ago this year, and we're very much forward into I say more of a tech, tech company. We're our leading uh, UCAS provider. UCAS is Unified um, Communications and Service, um, which is jargon for you know your team, Zoom, like using a tool that makes collaborating and communicating a bit more efficient and kind of is all in one place. That's a unified part of it. Um, what we do for customers is, as I said, is kind of simplifying the way they communicate and collaborate within their business, but also externally. Um, we don't just do unified communications as a service. We do contact centers as a service, so that customer experience side of things. Um, we have our own network, which is quite a cool thing, which means we can, you know, upgrade it. We can um, release upgrades very quickly. We have that total control um, over our network, which is very rare in the UK. Um, we're expanding to Europe quite quickly as well, so that's quite cool. Um, but yeah, essentially, it's making businesses communicate better. Our customer base is very vast. Um, it goes from the micro market, which is your sole trader, to enterprise and public sector. So it's different problems that need to be addressed in different ways, especially from a content point of view. Um, it's a different message. It's a different way that they consume the content. Um, a micro business might not read a white paper. You know, if you're a hairdresser, you're definitely not going to read about white paper about unified communications. Sure. So it's, it's tailoring that content to the different audiences. And then we also, we, something that was worth saying is we sell directly, but we also work through our network channel partners, um, which is very big. So it's also enabling them and giving them the tools to be able to reach that customer. And we have a platform to do that um, and help them through that journey. And as content marketing manager for the company, what are you responsible for? Good question. Um, bit of history on the role, and I feel like I'm, I'm giving lots of history in my experience, but um, I'm the first content manager, marketing manager at the company, um, which means it's a very new role. And I think when I was hired, it probably wasn't clear what my role would be, and it's mm-hmm. evolved quite quickly. I've been at the company a year and a half now, um, and it started with create a white paper, create an e-guide to, you know, now I'm in charge of the whole content strategy, to the leadership strategy, um, and it's sort of like I work quite closely with the social media team to make sure that that message gets out properly. Um, there is the day-to-day is very much creating a lot of content. I have one person in my team, so it's not a very big team. 
um, and with a lot of things in house, um, we have the capabilities, we have the skills, so why not? Um, so there is the video creation, the writing blogs, white papers, e-guides and whatnot, infographics as well. Um, and then there is the whole strategic side is working with the product marketing team to make sure that that product messaging is reflecting the content that we create, is working with our go-to-market teams, which are the for direct and channel, and making sure that each of their audiences get what, they, what they're interested in and what they would consume. Um, and then working on the product side, it's, it's obviously a big, big thing is how do we translate that product into content that people want to read. What's the role of content marketing today? And, and especially for a company like Gamma, what's what's the purpose of, of the content that you're creating for Gamma? That's a very good question. I think you'll get a different answer for any content marketing manager or marketer that you'll, you'll interview at this point. But to me, and it's what I'm passionate about, I think the, the, the main objective of content marketing will be to build that story around the brand. Um, it's making sure that people want to work with you or want your product is making sure they understand what you stand for and what you're trying to help them achieve. Um, so it's very much, you know, brand awareness tool to make sure that your company purpose and mission and vision is reflected externally as well as possible. And then there is obviously there is the lead gen side, which is obviously it's what we all, you know, it's the reason I have a job. If we get leads, it's great. Mm-hmm. But I do think, I think where content can really make a difference is making sure that you create that, you know, inspire your audience, you create that loyalty and trust for them to come back to you. And in it, you know, as I always say, it's a slow process with, with content. It's very unlikely that someone will read a blog or read an article and be like, oh, great, I'm going to buy from this company. That just doesn't happen. But it's creating that story, that experience for them that, you know, they learn from you and they understand you're an expert in what you do. And that's when they come back and keep buying from you and then, they, you know, they, they go to their friends and say, oh, did you read that article from that company? And maybe they'll have an issue and they'll solve it through that blog. And that's how you get them, you know, you get them to, to be interested in what you do. Um, so, yeah, I think to me, brand awareness and, you know, building that brand story is the main purpose of content marketing. Um, and then I think lead gen comes when you do that well, doesn't it? You know, if, if you have built that story, you will generate leads. So... Talk to me about the importance of, of content marketing in, in the mix, because isn't all marketing, content marketing at some stage, at some, at some kind of scale? You could argue that where we are now in the world, you know, we, we've got an avalanche or an overload of marketing there. I mean, we're creating content right here with this podcast. There's never been so much content available to people um, it's ubiquitous. It's getting easier and cheaper to make. There are more and more companies that have the ability to do it. It's been democratized. How do you make sure that your audience see your content, action your content when there's so much content out there? It's a very good question. I think the first part, this first thing you said is all marketing, content marketing. I think, yes, I don't think that all content is content marketing. Um, and I don't think that content marketing is the same as marketing with content. I think content marketing differs from just content because it has a, first of all, very clear objectives. I can't say this enough. You know, if anyone comes to me and say, I want to do a video, what do you want to achieve? Because that's not, you know, that's not content marketing. If you just say, I'm going to produce a video today, it's what do you want to achieve? And you start from that and then you decide, you know, who's your audience? What's your format? What's you know, it, it can't just start with we need to create five blogs a week because, 
you know it, it needs to create as i said that experience it needs to be consistent it needs to give your audience a feel that you, they're part of something at the end of the day and that something is your your company what your company stands for what's the purpose and how do you help do how does that purpose and vision and mission reflect into what they're needing at that time and point in time um but you know as i said it, it can't be a just doing content for the sake of it that's not content marketing to me i think you need to have a very strong content strategy in place um and it doesn't come just for that this is something i truly believe in it doesn't just come from the content marketing team i don't i don't believe that any business that i as a content marketing manager tells them do a content strategy as a individual is ever going to be successful content marketing comes from you know what's your company objectives which comes from your slt or whatever it is it comes from you know why is your sales team looking you know what do they see in the market what are the, the customers pain points what does product marketing wants to achieve and what's a, a product messaging that needs to be reflecting compared to those pain points it's a it's a you know it's a company um project and a company vision that needs to be achieved through content marketing it's not by individual i always say this like i wouldn't be i wouldn't do my job very well if i just sat down in front of my laptop with my one direct report and say, okay, we're going to talk about this this month for no reason. You know, I, I have weekly call with my product marketing team who are great at what they do. I have weekly call with the digital team who is actually such an important part of content marketing, you know, your distribution. Do you know how you're distributing content? Do you know every month how that content perform on your distribution channels? If you don't know that, you're not going anywhere. So it's not a, you know, it's not a silo experience. It's, it needs to be very much part of what that company, marketing team, product marketing team, your SLC, they all need to be involved in the content you're producing because the content is what the, you know, it's what the customer sees. So at the end of the day, if that content doesn't reflect what the company wants to achieve, you're not going anywhere. Mm, really interesting. A few years ago, in the early days of content marketing, everyone gated their content. I say everyone. Uh, that was the, uh, yeah. you know, that was the way that people did did content marketing. They put up an e-guide, they put up a webinar, they put a form in front of it, fill out the form and let's generate these leads. That seems to have changed in the last few years where people are kind of a little bit more flexible and there are more, there's more ungated content out there or, or a mix between the two. What's your approach to gating content, ungating content? Is all your content gated? Is all of it ungated? What's the mix between the two? And and does it differ depending on the type of business that you that you are? Um, I think I don't think there is a wrong or right answer in terms of, you know, should content be gated or be ungated? I think it very much depends on the the position your company is at, the maturity level your company is at. Um I think you said something earlier in one of your questions about the saturation of content. I think that's the main issue. You know, there is a lot of that. And I can guarantee that if you've written something that is the same as someone else's and that person has it ungated and you have it gated, your customer or audience is going to go to the ungated one because it's much easier. You don't have to put in your information. It's the same content, same. Yeah, learn the same thing. Doesn't matter. At least I don't have to give them my content details. And privacy is a big thing nowadays. I get that. I'm the first one to either use a fake email or just try <laughs> to find something that I don't want to put my, my email in. So, um, as I said, I think it depends where you are as a company. Um, I was a Gamma many years ago, and I remember I was in the digital team at the time. Um, and I remember we gated all of our content. And it worked at the time. Um, we realized at the moment we don't gate quite as much. Um, you can imagine with the pandemic, uh, an industry like the unified communication industry, you know, there was a boom. Everybody is like 
you know, there is a lot of content out there about hybrid working, about working from home and what tools you need. So it's, it's much harder to stand out in that sea of information because of what the pandemic created. Um, as I said, I think it comes down to your maturity level, to the uniqueness of your content as well. You know, if, if it's primary, like I'm a big fan of primary research. If you can do like very interesting primary research, 100% gate it. Because if you're the only one that is asking that question and has the, the stats to back it up, yeah, that's absolutely gate and people will it's be valuable. interested. Yeah, it's exactly. And that's that's the thing. It's, it's the value of the content. Is it unique? Is it valuable? Is it going to add something to the conversation? If you're writing based on someone else's facts or stats or whatever, don't get it because it's already out there. You're not adding anything to the conversation. There is any uniqueness to it. Um, and coming down to that maturity level that I said earlier, I think it's much easier for a brand that's already established and people want to learn from to gate their content. I'll give you an example. Microsoft, big business, hybrid working, you know, they do it very well. Teams is one of the tools that everybody use at the moment, but if they get the content, I'll probably give them my content details. You know, it's Microsoft. They, they know what they're doing. If I'm a startup and no one knows who I am, it's very unlikely I will go out of my way to kind of get, get the content because I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. What's, you know, what's their authority to talk about this subject? Mm-hmm. So I think that if you're not at that maturity level from in your marketing journey, it's very easier to ungate it. Um, and at least you get someone to read your content. And then, you know, you create that experience I was talking about, that consistency. They, they'll come back to you if it's good content anyway. Um, but yeah, it's what you said. It, is it valuable? If it's not valuable content, it doesn't add to the conversation that's already out there. If it's not unique, I, I don't see the point in gating your content. It's very unlikely you ever get any leads or any inform, you know, any content details from, from your audience. And it might be more valuable to just have them read it freely and then come back to you at some other point. So you spoke about Microsoft there a moment ago. I know that Microsoft are a competitor to Gamma in some in some instances. Um, and Gamma actually, I, I think for a lot of people listening, is actually probably one of the biggest companies that most people have never, never heard of. Absolutely yeah. huge, huge company. Um, we worked with Gamma actually when I was in a, another agency um, many years ago in an, another another lifetime, oh, um, sure. but I know Gamma quite well from that experience. I don't know whether many other people sort of uh, listening to this would know and would know the competitive service offerings that that allow you to go head to head with the likes of Microsoft. What are Gamma doing about sort of increasing their profile, increasing the role of their brand, and and kind of um, the importance of that thought leadership plays in 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 doing that. Absolutely, I will start by saying with Microsoft, we're actually a Microsoft Gold partner, um, so we work very closely with Microsoft at the moment. The Teams, and I'll, I'll get into a techie bit now, and you know, then I'll I'll go back to the marketing side. But Teams doesn't have um, calling capabilities, so like the you can't call externally. Essentially, the, the basics is that you can only do internal calls within your business huh. um, to to allow your users or you know your your platform to do that um you can either get something called microsoft calling plans which is by microsoft they offer them um they are very expensive unfortunately um so there are other options that are through telecom providers like us so we work with microsoft to to develop those options um we have quite a few different flavors and i'm not going to get into the tech i think that the one that has been talked about uh, the most at the moment is something called operator connect 
So we worked with Operator Connect is a program by Microsoft, um, which allows providers to work directly with them and to enable that calling capability through the Microsoft Admin Center. Um, and we're one of the very, very few, like literally, I think it's, it's less than 10 in the UK that can um, that work with Microsoft and the Operator Connect program at the moment. Um, so yes, a competitor from a point of view, but actually we work very closely with them and we really, we're really appreciative of the relationship we have with Microsoft and their team. You know, it's, it's been a great journey to have with them. Um, so going back to the marketing side of this and to leadership, I mean, the reason I was hired is that because of that. You you said it, you said it right. You know, no one. I don't want to say no one knows about I think we're very well known in the telecom industry. We are a B two B, which you know is always harder to know B two B than it is to know B two C. So that doesn't help. Um, but the reason I was hired is to elevate that profile um, and to make sure that people actually know about Gamma, not just from a selling point of view, but also from a talent acquisition. It's a great company to work at. I, I've done it twice, so I should know. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we want people to come to us and be like, I really want to work for Gamma. The same way you would go to Microsoft or Google and be like, I really want to work for that company. Sure. Um, so that's that's the reason I was hired. We have, we're growing, we've grown steadily over the years um, and we have a, huge marketing team at the moment. I think we're almost 40 people in. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's because of the go-to-market teams as well. But And we are working quite hard to make sure that we elevate what we do um, from a total leadership perspective, from a brand perception uh, perspective, from a employee engagement perspective. Um, we have a new marketing director that just came in, um, Andrea Herbert. She comes from a fintech background and she's been working hard for the past two, three months to kind of make sure that we elevate that brand. Um, there are lots of conversations ongoing with our SLT as well about, you know, our purpose and values as a company. Um, so there is a lot going on in the background. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, the next year is going to be quite fruitful in the sense of elevating ourselves uh, through that tool leadership. I think because it's fairly young company you know, 20 years is not that that long at the end of the day um we're still in the purpose of you know we're still learning and we're still trying to grow um from my perspective as a content marketing manager is you know i think i strongly believe in tool leadership i think you want you want to write stuff that is interesting to your audience and that proves that you're an expert in what you're talking about and we have some of the most clever people in this company and like, i get to talk to some people that are just their brains it's insane <laughs> um we just um we haven't so far we haven't made the most of making sure that they're they're out there talking to our audience making sure that they they can explain what what we stand for um we're changing that we have one example is we have a web series webcast type of thing um or video series more or less called gamma box um and essentially every is is uh, fortnightly at the moment and I interview someone in the company so we started this year with our chief marketing product officer Chris Wade um, and we talked about a whole bunch of things like from the metaverse which you know is it gonna stick is it like is it gonna change the way we work to AI Hot topic and, at the moment yeah you know it's it's one of those things that people are interested in that kind of relates to what we do because as I said the hybrid sure. working is our bread and butter but it's, it's, you know, it's making sure that we, we talk, we're, we're in there, like we know what we're talking about. We can talk about these things very easily and kind of tell people this is what you should be looking forward to. You know, we're, one thing we talked about with Chris was 5G and you know, it's a big one. Um, and we have a, we, we partner with 3UK and we have the fastest 5G network in the UK. So, you know, it's one of those things that it makes a difference, all this technology in the way, not just the way you work, the way you kind of conduct your business, the way it changes your customer experience. It can change so much in the way 
we we do business um and yeah it's just making sure that and what i'm trying to do is just making sure that those people that you know are experts in what we do get a bit more visibility out there love that well well said i I can't let you go without talking about women in, in tech i know that you're a passionate advocate for diversity and female leadership especially in technology absolutely there are increasingly a lot more women in marketing these days but still not that many in tech as, as we would like what are the problems what are the challenges that are stopping that and what more can be done about it absolutely yeah i'm a big you know i'm i'm a it's easy for me i'm the one thing i'm a woman i'm quite young um i'm still caucasian so that kind of helps um i think once what we forget is that it's not just one type of woman out there um and it's not the only type of issues with diversity we have out there um i think the tech industry is we are a lot of guys that's for sure a lot of men um telecom which is where gamma comes from even more you'll be surprised how many times i've been in a room and it's literally just men um and it's not easy you know it's, it's really not easy to kind of speak up i think we had a conversation one of my managers um you know what more can you do and there was a conversation where oh you tell me if there is an issue and I think that's where a lot of companies go wrong you can't just expect women to speak up it's very diffi- difficult for women to speak up if there is an issue and it might be something that they like as a woman um and I'm, you know I've there is a lot of women in marketing as you said and most of my team around me is women and a lot of them are quite young and we talk about these issues quite a lot it's really difficult to go into the room and go to someone superior to you and say actually I don't feel very comfortable because there is no one like me in a leadership role because mm. you always feel like you're just creating an issue in a sense and kind of we've mm. we've been you know growing up you're always thought to kind of be nice and quiet and smiling yeah. and whatnot it's, don't it's, cause it's, a problem yeah exactly don't cause an issue. Yeah. exactly so i i think a lot of businesses expect women to oh tell me if there is an issue as i you know i don't have to tell you there is there is an issue like we all know there is <laughs> an issue should, should be able to yeah, see it exactly um i'll give you an example i was at a pub with some co-workers and someone sort of told me that and I was like look around I'm literally the only woman here <laughs> you think there is an issue so it, you know it, I don't think we yeah there is no point in asking is there an issue there is an issue you need to do something about it give women a, a place to talk give women a place to kind of express themselves safely as well without them asking you to give them a place to, to speak safely you know put put more women in, in places of leadership you know I said one of the marketing director just came in Andrea she's a woman and it made such a difference to see someone that is such high up in a um that is a woman because it's it's kind of like you can see that someone like you that kind of made it and that makes a difference because it kind of encourages you you know it's possible um I think in you know as you said in marketing it's a bit easier to see that marketing director as a woman in tech are much harder you know there aren't many women in leadership positions that are women um so it's yeah it's, it's not easy i think you need to to lead by example you need to, you think you need to assume that there is always an issue even if no one tells you that there is an issue um and you know i'm not saying you know the, the kind of i think you, there is a, also i think actually I, I, something won't mention it i think there is unconscious biases is a big thing um and i think we all have them including women um so I think it's important to do that, you know, get your staff to training to make sure and your managers especially to training, make sure that they understand um 
what they're doing wrong because they might not realize they're doing anything wrong or they're talking to a woman differently or they you know they prom- they are hiring people that are more like them because it's normal like, you know you want to hire people that are similar to you they have similar like, experience ex- exactly yes yeah, so, the word unconscious yeah exactly but you know if, if you put them through training you make sure that you know they, they can check themselves and actually stop and be like am i just hiring this person just because they like me i think that that already makes a difference it's, it's a slow process i'm not expecting that you know you should hire women just for the sake of it but you know just check yourself check why, where your company's at ask the question with be, before anyone kind of comes to you and be like oh there is an issue you know ask them if there is an issue and ask them what more you can do to, to help with that really well said and final question before we let you go as as you reflect on your own career, as you said earlier, you're you're still young, relatively young. You're you're growing within your career, but you've had a fantastic and fascinating career so far at such at such a young age. You've achieved really a lot in a, in a short space of time. What advice do you have for other young people starting their careers in marketing and tech? It's a very good question, and I don't know why I would have liked to to hear when I was you know just came out of uni. I think one thing I've learned is um, the company you're at makes a lot of difference. Um, and I know that everybody has goals and dreams and whatnot, but sometimes it, life can take you in very different ways. You know, as I said, I wanted to be a journalist. I think growing up, I was like, I want to work for Vogue or whatever it was. And, and that was never going to happen. And, you know, that, that market is so saturated with, with people and it's really hard to make and Maybe it wasn't good enough, who knows, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Um, and I kind of, I ended up a gamma out of chance. I needed a job and I ended up a gamma. Um, that was my first job. And, you know, it, it made me fall in love with an industry that I didn't think I would like as much. Um, and I think what I would say is don't be afraid to kind of try something different. Um, or if you end up in something different, don't don't just be like, actually, it's not like, enjoy as much as possible. Also make the most of any thing that comes your way um Dubai for me is the example you know if if I hadn't gone to Dubai I probably wouldn't have had this job I wouldn't have like the the outlook on technology that I have now um just you know it's, you can do a lot of stuff when you're young and you can't later on in life so just try as much as you possible um and more practical stuff is you know try to get some work experience is always fundamental if you have that work experience it's much easier to find a job and also to be get that job right on I think a lot of times you start a job and you have no clue what you're doing so if you got a bit of work experience at least you have you set expectation and you know what what you know what you're gonna get into um and there are lots of companies that offer work experience uh you know reach out networking is another thing that I would suggest um LinkedIn is great you know I love LinkedIn you can literally and I get messages sometimes from people no I just wanted to ask you an advice about this about my career I was like yeah sure I'll give you you know it takes a second and people are quite friendly on LinkedIn so 100% get on that and you know if if you like a company you want to work for reach out to the hiring manager or to whoever it is in marketing or tech that you want to work with and say you know what's your advice to get a job at your company eventually even if they're not hiring it doesn't matter so eventually they will most companies will eventually hire at some point. So you just want to make yourself known. I think networking is a massive thing at the moment. I think as I said earlier, you know, it's, a lot of times it's who you know um, and who you cross path with. Um, I'll give you a brief example. But when I left Dubai, I was without a job for about a month. Um, and I put on LinkedIn the fact that I was looking for a job. You can't even imagine the amount of people that I interviewed um, at tech companies while I was in Dubai that reached out and said, well, if you want to work in marketing, for us 
just let me know. Um, I ended up a gamma in the end, but you know, I got lots and lots of people reaching out saying, I want to help you. I want to give you a job because you know, I've, I've met you for an interview. I met you at this event and you sounded great. So, so it's, you know, just get out there, get to know people, go to, there is lots of like, you know, meetups in cities like London for marketers that want to make and just exchange advice, get to know as many people as possible because a network is the best thing you can have to find the job that you like. It's honestly. Really well said and a great place to end. Georgia, thank you so much for being on the show. No, thank you. It was lovely. If you'd like to share any comments on this episode or any episode of Client Side, then find us online at fox.agency. If you'd like to appear as a guest on the show, then please email clientside at fox.agency. The people that make this show possible are Zoe Woodward, our executive producer. Hannah Teasdale is our podcast executive Jennifer Brennan is our digital strategist, supported by Sophia Ravanis and Alice Winterburn, our social and digital experts. I'm Nathan Anibarba. You've been listening to Client Side from Fox Agency. Join us next time on Client Side, brought to you by Fox Agency.